Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Saints, we're going to talk about loving God. You know, so much is said about God's love for us. I don't know about you, but I almost never hear in the so-called Christian community anything ever mentioned about God's, uh, God's love in us or our love for God. Isn't that amazing? It's always as if uh, you know, we're uh, we're always enmeshed in this idea that uh, God owes something to us, and it's almost like our so-called worship is basically Him serving us instead of us serving Him. Have you ever noticed that? And that's why people believe false doctrines such as "once saved, always saved," the pre-trib rapture. Why? Because, you see, they're serving themselves. They want to believe these things because they haven't truly repented. See, they, they're not enduring sound doctrine or holding themselves accountable to sound doctrine is what that means because they're full of the God of self. The God of self actually sits upon the throne of their wicked hearts. They have a mere form, a formula of godliness, but they're denying uh, the rule and the reign of Christ. They have not submitted themselves unto God and resisted the devil, and therefore they are captive to and under the control and influence of Satan himself. And the scriptures foretold that. I want you to read 2 Timothy 3 and 4. This week, notice for the time will come, that's what time we're in now, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, see, they haven't repented, they live out of the lust of their own hearts for the things of this world to serve their agenda and their will. See, they have not said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. That's what true repentance does. It hands the life, your life, over to him the one who gave you life and the one who died to save you from sin, hell, uh, and every other evil that's attached to sin, which will take you further than you want to go, charge you more than you want to pay and keep you longer than when, than you want to stay. You see, the wages of sin is still death. And if you're not enduring sound doctrine, it's because you're living out of the lust of your own heart. Therefore, you heap to yourselves teachers having itching ears, and you turn away your ears from the truth and unto fables. You love the little storybook fairy tale myths such as, I'm unconditionally eternally secure. No, you're not, devil. You're, you only want to believe that because it 
somehow gives you the idea that you have the license to live in sin or any way you like. You definitely don't want to submit to God in reality. You don't want to repent and truly come up under the accountability that a true disciple is under. And by the way, that's the only heaven-bound remnant there is. You want to hear that there's a pre-tribulation rapture because God forbid all the other Christians around the world have been dying as martyrs more now every day than ever in history. But you want to think that somehow uh, America is, uh, the Western world is privileged. How dare God wouldn't let us go through this as if he loves you any more than those in other countries who are under Islamic persecution, etc. You see, it's all built around and predicated. All of this false worship uh, is built around you being on the throne instead of Christ, the only rightful one and supreme ruler, the only holy potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords that deserves the glory and the worship of our lives. You see, see God, let's talk about loving God. Again, we hear so much about God loves you, God loves me. So all of these little patty cake, surface level uh, promises. But what about the biblical truth that God commands you to love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? When, when has that ever heard? Well, let me just tell you right now, if you name the name of Christ, you need to start not only owning this truth in your own life, but preaching it publicly to others. Otherwise, you're ashamed of Christ and he's going to be ashamed of you. Jesus said that you shall love the Lord, your God, not yourself. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the true disciple is all about. Loving God. The cross goes upward first and then outward horizontal and loving others. The first 10 Uh, The Ten Commandments, the first four, deal with loving God, horizontal to heaven. And the second six deal with loving your neighbor as yourself. And as you're loving God, you're loving your neighbor as yourself. Anyone not loving their neighbor as themselves is not loving and does not know God. God first loved us. He initiated the relationship. We love him because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. Let's talk about Jesus' conversation with his apostle Peter. John chapter 21, 15 through 17 says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. So Jesus asked him if he loved Jesus more than the other apostles or or other people, mere men. And he says, You know I love you. He saith unto him, Feed, Jesus said to Peter, Feed my lambs. Are you feeding the lambs? Are you feeding the sheep of Christ? I know that you probably aren't called out to be a servant elder who labors in the word and in doctrine full time. But you have a influence around you. You have people you're in contact with every day. You have a social media and an email platform, perhaps. 
If not, that's fine. That's the only reason why I use these communication uh, vehicles personally. Um, Are you spreading the truth of the Word of God? Are you putting King James Bible Scripture out for people to be fed by? Verse 16, Matthew, excuse me, John 21. He saith to him again the second time, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? That's the question Jesus is asking Peter. And that's the question Jesus is asking us today. And then Peter answered, yes, yea, Lord, yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. In other words, if you love me, feed my sheep. You know, our love for God can be quantified and measured in how we are feeding his sheep. You know, Psalm 23 talks about worshiping the Lord, our shepherd, and how our cups run over. You know, when you worship and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, your cup, the vessel of your spirit, your mind, your life, is going to overflow with all of the blessings of God. And so you're going to push them out to other people unashamedly. So that's how we can measure. I mean, I can't understand somebody thinking they know and love Jesus and not sharing his love with others. I don't believe that person saved one bit. That's the fruit of an ungodly, religious, hypocrite, and self-righteous individual. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He asked him the question again. Do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me or do you love me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. See, Jesus knows the thoughts and the intents and the motives of all men's hearts, including mine and including yours. And he's asking, do you love me? And if you do love him, you will prove it by feeding his sheep. Three times here, our Lord asked Peter if he loved the Lord. And Jesus is asking each one of us today, do you love me more than these, the other apostles, other men, and anything else in this world. Jesus, remember, taught in Luke 14, for example, that if you don't hate everyone else in your life as compared to your great love for him, that is to be the first love priority of your life, Jesus Christ, you're not worthy of him. Luke 14, read it and believe it and live it. Lovest thou me more than these? Which is to say, Am I your very first love or is someone or something else before me in your life? Did Jesus not warn the church at Ephesus, Revelation 2, verse 4 and 5, that they must repent to be restored back to him due to the fact that they had, quote, left thy first love, unquote. Again, saints, let's be reminded that God's love for us, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. While we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for the sins of the world, for my sins, for your sin. That is a settled issue, and that can never be 
overemphasized, but why is there no talk about whether or not I truly love God? Is the love of God in me? What, what say it the scriptures and what says the fruit of my life concerning this matter? 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So as we take honest, sincere inventory, examining ourselves before the Lord and just step back and see what our lives look like to God and in reality. We might claim to love God, but yet we spend all of our time, money, and mental energy concocting ways to get more things and to, to co- get more comforts and accoutrements and to travel farther and uh, richer and to different parts of the earth than we do loving God. I mean, if you're not in the Word every day, if you're not uh, embellishing your spirit and your mind with the holy scriptures every day, putting God first in prayer, seeking his face upon awakening every morning. You don't love God, friend. You're serving the God of self. And I'm here to try to help you get honest with God and yourself, perhaps, and face God in repentance and issue forth declarations that you're going to love the Lord with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. Jesus was questioning his disciple, his apostle, Peter. How much more would he question you and I today and say, do you love me? And do you love me more than anyone or anything else? On this passage, uh, the beloved John Wesley said uh, concerning Simon, son of Jonah, that Jesus addresses here in John 21, 15 through 17. And John Wesley says the appellation Christ had given him when he made that glorious confession there in Matthew 16, 16, where he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of a living God, uh, the remembrance of which might make him more deeply sensible of his late denial of him whom he had so confessed. In other words, Jesus is asking Simon Peter if he loved Jesus after Simon Peter first confessed that Jesus was the son of a living God and then Simon Peter had denied Jesus. Now he's asking him again, lovest thou me? Thrice or three times, John Wesley writes, our Lord asked him who had denied him thrice, three times, more than these, thy fellow disciples do. Peter thought so once, but he now answers only, I love thee, without adding more than these. He had now learned by sad experience that Jesus knew his heart the weakest and the tenderest of the flock uh, is what Jesus speaks of when he speaks of the lambs. You will recall that Simon Peter swore that he would not deny Jesus, but he did. And so Peter is apparently, according to John Wesley's observation, proceeding with caution because he had already shot his mouth off and, uh, 
wasn't able to and didn't uphold his side of his profession by saying, I will never deny you. If you recall that there, as we see recorded in Mark chapter 14, it's recorded also in Matthew and John or Matthew and Luke and all the synoptic gospels. And I believe John 18, but Jesus said that Peter was going to deny him three times and Peter vehemently denied that, but it's one thing to confess, and it's another thing to possess. If you back up in the book of Mark, I did this a while back as a young believer, you find that Peter, like the other 11, had fallen asleep when they should have been seeking God in prayer, and therefore, Peter did not have the spiritual unction, if you will, the grace from heaven to uphold his confession. And that's where so many of us have fallen short is that we're not rooted and grounded in that relationship with Jesus, which uh, of a necessity calls for a time of set apart time of prayer in the word of God, reading the word of God every day, crying out to God in repentance as it's needed, as we return to the Lord afresh, as we confess all of our sins, Hebrew, excuse me, Hosea 14, 1 and 2, and uh, asking the Lord to cause us to love him, to fear his holy name, unite my heart to fear thy name, the prayer of the psalmist, Psalm 86, 11, etc., creating me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me, right? Psalm 51, Psalm 139, etc. The time of prayer with the Lord where Jesus said, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door, uh, pray to thy father. In other words, seal yourself off from all other men uh, and, and seek the father. When you, you have sought the father in secret, he's going to reward you openly Matthew 6, 6, for example, he's going to reward you with the strength to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and also to uphold the testimony of Christ, no matter what it might cost you. Notice F.B. Meyer on this fabulous text here in John 21, 15 through 17, where we're discussing whether or not we truly love God, okay? The Bible tells us that those who obey God are the ones who truly prove to love God. Notice 1 John 2, before we read uh, F.B. Meyer's observation of our main text in John 21. Notice uh, here in verse 4 of 1 John 2, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So it's one thing to pro profess that you love and know the Lord. It's another thing to demonstrate such by your obedience to him. And isn't that what our obedience to God is? It's merely a token of our love. It's an expression, a proof of our love for him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's how you know who loves Jesus. Not by somebody that goes to church. Most of the people that go to church, that's all they have. Okay? That's, just, that's their little once a week tickle session okay and then they compartmentalize that but the bible says come out from among them and be ye separate so we should take that into account and take it into prayer with the lord concerning our own life and 
engaging in true fellowship, if it only be one other believer, but something authentic, more like we see in the end of Acts 2 concerning the early church, where they met house to house daily, the scripture says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's the word of God, and in prayers, fellowship, and um, one more. I'm trying to remember what that fourth one is. Maybe you guys know. Breaking of bread, prayers, and fellowship. But the first one mentioned is the apostles' doctrine. I mean, somebody, and many of you listening to me, you go to church every Sunday, but do you know the Word of God? Are you being quickened to study it for yourself? Are you just being uh, pawned off to a ministry? You're being prayed with an E. Uh, over by those who are making merchandise of you and they're just wanting to say the right things to you to push the right buttons and to entertain you so that you come back next week because they know if they get the attendance they'll get the coin okay that's what they're uh really and truly uh concerned about because it's basically become a business most people don't see that uh, anybody who doesn't see that is pretty blind. The modern church is in the nickels, noses, and numbers. They're not there to preach the full, raw, naked word of God, the whole of it, to you, to see you repent, return to Christ, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him as you are abiding in Christ, obedient in worship-filled obedience, and enduring to the end. That, that kind of biblical language is... Uh, never heard in the modern church. Notice verse 5, 1 John 2. But whoso keepeth his word, that is, keeps the word of Christ and his apostles, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that, abide, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. And that's the definition of following Jesus there's no such thing as a person who truly knows and loves the Lord that doesn't have the fruit of obedience unto the Lord. Okay, so let's see what F.B. Meyer, the commentator, uh, a pastor of old, said about Jesus' conversation with Peter, which is our central text today, John 21, 15 through 17. Notice F.B. Meyer says this, Christ three times, thrice, questioned Peter's love, thus giving him the opportunity of canceling his threefold denial. There are two Greek words for love. In his questions, our Lord chose the higher, while, oh, that is the higher word for love, while Peter in his replies humbly chose the lower till in his third question, our Lord came down to his level Christ forecasted the hatred and opposition of the world and suggested to Peter and the rest that the only way to combat and overcome was in the fervent love that they had for him. That is the fervent love for Christ. Only this could give them the necessary tenderness in delicacy in leading and feeding the flock of God. Notice also, unquote, by the way, that's the finish of F.B. Meyer's observation and commentary on John 21, 15 through 
uh, 17. Notice Jude verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. That's your responsibility, friend, is to nurture the love of God in your life, in your heart, the love for God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. That must mean of necessity that your love, the love for God that you have now can wax cold, which Jesus said that in the last days, because iniquity would abound, the love of many would wax cold. Remember that? Matthew 24 10 through 13 but only those who endure to the end shall be saved he said also so he, he foretold that the love of many is wax cold is going to wax cold have you not noticed that my friend around you the love not only your own fight the good fight of faith war and battle to maintain loving god and to increase in the love of god but have you noticed that so many around us have fallen by the wayside People who used to wax hot for God no longer fight the good fight of faith. They've given up, okay, because they didn't learn the cross. They didn't learn to let go and let God, and therefore they've been defeated by sin, okay? They they never uh, were introduced to and refused to apprehend the central truth of the cross of Christ. The only way to follow Christ is on his prescribed terms and that's that you deny yourself you take up your cross and you follow jesus see there there are two kind of professing believers there are the counterfeits and the real there are the wheat and the tares and the wheat are going to be those who make the quality decision to do do life on christ's terms and not to allow human reasoning and sinful justification or justification for sin to enter in but to cast them down uh, casting down all these wicked imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge or the word of God. They've chosen to say, Lord, you said it. That settles it. I believe it. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Jesus said you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him if you're going to follow him. And that's why so many who think they know Jesus don't know him. They are not walking with him. They might have once known him in the past, but they don't they didn't obey him. See, it's only those who obey Jesus that he said are going to be made free. That's what the, it, he didn't say that just knowing the truth is going to make you free but if you continue in his word which is the truth then are you his disciple and you're going to be made free you're going to know the truth and you're going to be made free john chapter 8 verse 31 and 32 but many times we just spout out the words that the truth will make you free well it's only the those who obey the truth that are going to be made free okay and that's a daily and ongoing process till you're with Jesus. You have the choice today to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you're not doing that, it's because you've allowed the love of self to reign in your life. You've allowed the God with the small g of self, that puny piece of dust, to reign on the throne of your heart. And if you don't repent, you're going to suffer the eternal consequences jesus said he's going to say to you depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire 
prepared for the devil and his angels. That fire, the fires, the eternal fires of hell were not created for you, but like Satan, if you rebel, remember him and the one third of the angels rebelled against God. They were vanquished from his presence and forever will be irrevocably. And you're following in their footsteps if you choose to do things on any other terms than on God's stated terms. That's why we have a Bible. That's why you need to study to show your own self approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divided in the word of truth. And stop listening to men. Stop depending on mere men to tell you what God says. Get it 150 proof, naked, raw truth straight from him. Get rid of your little phony fake Bible. Rip it up and burn it, by the way. Don't poison somebody else with it by giving it to the thrift store or giving it to a friend. Don't curse them with it. Get a real Bible. Get the King James Bible. Okay? And uh, start reading it like your life depends on it because it does. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude verse 21. That means we have the responsibility to wax hot for God and not allow ourselves to wane in any fashion to look not to the left hand nor to the right but to remove our foot from evil to set our affection on things above not on the things of the earth uh, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God when Christ who is our life shall appear then shall ye also appear with him in glory who's the ye the ye are those who are setting their affection on things above not on the things of the earth these are those who keep themselves in the love of god which should be shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost but that love can be extinguished by your own disobedience by your own omission to love him and to serve him and to worship him to love him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and your body and your energy and everything he gives you including your money amen you know we we're pointing out things without even saying it but i'm going to say it right now that there are conditions for being saved and for remaining in the place of an abiding fellowship with Christ, that vital union with him. Otherwise, Jesus said, if you who are saved do not abide, that means continue and remain in him, you're going to be cast into the fire. That means hell. John 15, 1 through 6. Okay, if you're going to be with Jesus, the great bridegroom of heaven, you're going to have to emulate and do what the five wise virgins did. And as they remained in fellowship with the bridegroom, who is Jesus, and they were welcomed with, well done, my good and faithful servants, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Matthew 25, 1 through 13, and actually further into that chapter, that's what he says, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I want you to read Matthew 25 and get honest. Are you one of the wise or foolish virgins? You see, the foolish virgins virgins were also espoused to the great bridegroom, the five foolish virgins, but they uh, allowed their vessel to run dry, okay? And that means they didn't stay in fellowship with the bridegroom, and therefore they didn't receive his virtue into their vessel. That's their, their temples, the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit when you're born again. But you have the daily decision as to whether or not you're going to serve God on his terms to seek the Lord in his strength, to seek his face continually or not. First Chronicles 16, 11, memorize it. 
Psalm 27 uh, speaks of verse 4 and verse 8. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Lord, thy face will I seek. This is Psalm 27 and uh, verse, that was verse 8. Notice verse 4, one thing, one thing. In other words, this is the whole priority of my life. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may, that I may dwell in the house. That means the presence of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amen. This is the man after God's own heart saying these words. And uh, so there's a lot of meaning behind that. And that yet later he fell and you and I have fallen. But the good news is that today is the first day of the rest of our lives. And we can choose to obey God who says, choose you this day whom you will serve. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed will live. Joshua twenty four fifteen, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. So Jude 21, keep yourselves, it's your responsibility, in the love of God. Again, there's no doubt it's clearly established that God loves us. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. But God is not going to force any person to serve and love him. They have to choose that. And it's the same way for you and I in our lives, whether you're married or single. You can't force someone to love you. You, you know, you've always, we've all had, let's say it this way, we've all had that person we really loved. Uh, but they had to choose to reciprocate that love and out of their own volitional will choose to love us back. Otherwise, it was a no deal. Okay, and that's the difference between the foolish and the wise virgins. Uh, my bu good brother in Christ, Stephen, and I were talking about this at length last night as we always find ourselves talking about whether or not I truly love God. And that's what Jesus was posing the rhetorical question uh, to Peter. I mean, we all know Jesus knows all things. He, know he knew whether or not Peter loved him or not. Okay, he knows whether or not we truly love him. Lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than anything and anyone else in the world? You know, two things here. Uh, we can choose to say, Lord, I want you to help me love you. That's a fair prayer right there. God's not going to shut you up or turn you away. He's going to answer that prayer. Lord, Cause me, please cause me, no matter what it takes, to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay? And then the next thing I would say is that we can deliberately go into obedience to God and induce upon ourselves a time of uh, fasting and prayer. Fasting would be described as saying, Lord, more of you and less of me. John the Baptist said, He must increase, but I must decrease. Are you. Is that where your heart is, friend? Is that where you want your heart to be? Have you prayed lately and declared, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. You must increase, but I must 
decrease. The Bible describes the remnant of Christ's elect in Isaiah 37, 31 as those who are taking root downward and bearing fruit upward. That's the remnant that anybody that is heaven bound is learning to deny themselves, take up the cross and following Jesus. They are doing things God's way and not their own. It's one thing to say, yes, I do things God's way. I love God. I'll go to church and I'll, yeah, you know, so many people, uh, you know, talk is cheap, talk is cheap. But when uh, you look at the remnant, you're going to find that there's only a few. Jesus said that his flock is a little flock, the father's flock, Luke 12, 32, few there be, which enter their in, that is the narrow way that leads to life. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 so many uh, can be seen in Titus 1.16, which says they profess, it's a profession, that they love God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. And yet the indescribable myriad of blessings that await, quote, them that love him. We're going to come in for a landing here, friend. Uh, them that love him, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Remember this verse? What a beautiful verse to memorize. It says, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard the things, uh, excuse me, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Are you learning to love him? Are you choosing to say, Lord, I'm going to love you. In fact, I want to encourage you right now to declare, Lord, I want to, and I, I am going to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to put you first, dear Lord. Friends, and also to come before the Lord in prayer before him and, uh, and confess your sins. Not one of us is without need to confess sin on a regular basis. But first, you must return to him. God's not interested in, in us confessing our sins. If we're not going to return to him and realize why we sin, it's because we were not abiding in him truly. Because the Bible says, he that abideth in him sinneth not. So whenever I've sinned, it's because I wasn't abiding in that vital union with Christ Notice Hosea 14, 1 and 2. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Notice thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Iniquity always causes you to fall if you hearken to it and you aren't crucifying the old man and letting the new man, which is the raised up uh, version of the regenerated man, uh, reign in your life. That's, uh, let's see, Ephesians 4, Colossians 3. So notice, O Israel, that, that's God's people. We are the Israel of God, Galatians 6, 16. Return, in other words, turn again, return. That's synonymous with repent. Return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. In other words, the fruit of our lives 
will glorify you, Lord, as we turn back to you and you forgive our sins afresh. The Bible promises us that if we confess our sins, saints, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Let me close with Psalm 511 to encourage you, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Amen. God bless you, saints. Glad we had these moments together. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several, many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, In the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.